And now, come with us on a journey into the recent future. It's time for Project Moonbase. My name is DJ Bongo Boy. My name is NC Zirconium. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Beautifully rendered, sir. This is the uh, Project Moonbase podcast entitled... Cephex versus Spectrum. <laughs> it's modern and futuristic. Yes. We, don't, we don't really like... It's not really a conflict in case you think we're setting up some kind of battle here. To the death! To the death! Well, unfortunately... One of them already already kicked over. Get up off the floor, Zfax! <laughs> I'm afraid so. You're out! <laughs> uh, at the time of recording this show, we have recent uh, sad and happy news reached us at the moon base. We have a slightly, on a slightly delay, delayed timeline up here on the moon. We learnt that uh, both... Well, we learnt on the first hand that that, uh, that fondly remembered uh, deliverer, pre-internet deliverer of facts and information... Uh, CFAX is, is being switched off along with the analog signal. Nobody even noticed. <laughs> Nobody even noticed. It's like the it's like the sort of Stalinist internet, isn't it? It is. Yeah. There is a central command center which will deliver in, uh, news which you don't want. <laughs> yes. For a specific period of time, and then it changes. And if you want to look up something, you have to know what page it's on. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long time coming as well. <laughs> On a brighter note, though, we also learned of the uh, delightful news that the ZX Spectrum has uh, reached its 30th anniversary. Hooray! Still providing the, <laughs> the core backbone of the modern internet. No, probably not, actually. But uh, Yeah, racks, only... <laughs> racks of ZX <laughs> Racks of ZX Spectrums. <laughs> I've got one proudly mounted on in my hallway wall. Actually, I, I, I often, I often look at it and, and, and uh, swoon slightly when I see it. All these buttons with fifteen different functions on each button. Yeah, it had a lot of function keys and shift <laughs> keys and things. And go to here and, and because, rather, because the keyboard was impossible to use. That's right. It? I rather like that. Well, I, I quite like. Well, aesthetically, I quite like the rubbery keyboard, but using it was a bit of a nightmare. Mm. So on the show this week, we will be uh, we'll be marking both of these uh, historic, auspicious events in technological history. And so most of the show is turned over in one way or another, tenuously or otherwise, to these two great events. In amongst all of that, though, of course, we do have MC Zirconium and his unnecessary news. Yes, that's right. This week, banish the clocks to the outer darkness. <laughs> time has no meaning here. <laughs> if you listen carefully, you, will, you won't hear any time passing in the background, which is, which is good. Well, that's how we like it. We're like on a we're, we're on a mini Mobius loop of time, <laughs> a Mobius strip of time. That's right. Yeah. Now you've started listening to the show, dear listener. It will never end. How about that? <laughs> but, but you will never grow old. You won't forget the others. They will wither and die, but you will stay forever young. <laughs> Tell yeah. your friends. Yeah, please. <laughs> please do. We'll start with uh, one of our many selections of uh, incidental interval music. <laughs> Uh, used on, uh, on on television, terrestrial TV, when whenever CFAC was on the air or a test card was showing. Uh, we're going to be playing, we're going to be drawing fairly heavily on a fantastic compilation called Girl in the Suitcase Upgraded, which uh, we have uh, dipped into in the past, but uh, has lots of this interval music on it, so we're going to play some of our favourites. This first one is one of, by one of our favourite lively music composers, the great Sid Dale, with a wonderfully punning title of The Brazilian Bird. Yeah. 
And that was CFAX with their cover of Capsule in Space. That was a John Barry tune mm. before that. The Sid Dale Orchestra with the Brazilian herd. <laughs> mm. Yes, nice work, Sid. <laughs> Good one. That's clever. Um, CFAX happens to be the brother of Squarepusher. Oh, yeah, isn't that a little fascinating factoid there for you? And what you a can... strange family they must be. <laughs> They've got strange parents, haven't they? Their daughter, strange... Oracle. <laughs> and, uh... Terry Text? No, no, no. Oh, that's... That's a terrible You should fun. just leave the room. <laughs> If, yeah. it weren't, if it weren't an airless void outside, I'd ask, you to, I'd ask you to go outside. Would you mind leaving? You can get, you can listen to that one. He has a SoundCloud page where he posts uh, his, his, some of his recent tunes. If you want to find out more about the music or the show, there are many ways in which you can do so. Uh, possibly the most immediate way to get in touch with us or to, to find out about what our thoughts are is to go to Twitter, twitter.com slash Project Moonbase. But in addition to that, we have our very own website. Yes, if you head on over to Project Moonbase dot com you can find links to uh, facebook google friend connect you can join our mailing list core project moonbase's skype voicemail mm. plus one us to recommend project moonbase on google and you can send us an email uh, send an email to show at project moonbase.com see a list of all the tracks we've played and links to where you can find them on itunes and amazon Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show, so if you are thinking of buying anything on Amazon, please use our affiliate link on the website. It doesn't cost you anything; it's entirely anonymous, and it helps to keep us in telex machines. And now it's uh, we're going to we're going to keep in the the, the realm of uh, CFAX plays. We like to think that whenever whenever play some of this interval music on the show this week, uh, you can draw up in your mind's eye some some of your favourite CFAX pages, and <laughs> just just scroll through them in your mind as this music plays. Yeah, it'll just be football scores <laughs> and some terrible jokes. Or remember those pictures? Yes. You, can you imagine who? What's going to happen to the people that are doing the pictures that were doing the, those weird low res pictures on CFAX? I'd for, like to for think years. <laughs> I wonder if they might. It'd be nice to think that they could maybe get a job designing stamps, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd like to see some nice eight bit yeah. stamps. Is there a place for them in the modern world? I hope so. I hope so. So we're going to have another piece of that music now. This is uh, by, well, allegedly by an Italian uh, library musician and soundtrack composer, Nino Nardini, which I, I'm pretty sure is actually a pseudonym of uh, French soundtrack and library musician, Roger Roger. Uh, gives this an extract, is written by the latter gentleman. Uh, this uh, is another track you can get on this uh, collection called Girl in a Suitcase, upgraded on uh, Winchester Hospital Ra- Radio. That's the name of the label and the name of the where it originates from as well. This is a track called Tandy.
And now it's time to turn to page 450 for some unnecessary news. Ode MacBook Pro. <laughs> A fragrance that smells like new Apple products. <laughs> Yes, the Apple MacBook Pro is not the most affordable laptop on the market, but uh, if you can't afford one, thanks to a custom scent developer, Air Aroma, you can still smell one. <laughs> the people at Air Aroma have been working on making a perfume that combines the unique aroma of cardboard, printed ink, plastic wrap, and brand new aluminium. <laughs> mm. The formula was commissioned by Melbourne-based artist Gavin Bell, Gerard de Cougier, and Simon McGlynn, or McGlynn, hmm, for their exhibition on the digital age and the rise of new technology entitled De Facto Standard. Alex Kosick of Air Aroma said the scent requested by our clients was quite unusual, so we contacted our fragrance suppliers in the south of France to send over samples of fragrances with the aromas of glue, plastic, rubber and paper. <laughs> and to make sure the guys in the lab got the eau de Macbook uh, just right, Air Aroma even had an unopened Apple laptop delivered to France. They do ha You can buy them there. <laughs> Uh, they uh, monitored each stage of the unboxing process and selected the right oils and aromas. A distinctive scent can be observed when unwrapping a newly purchased Apple product from its packaging. Apple fans will certainly recognise this smell, said the Air Aroma representative. <laughs> so there you go. But I like the idea. I mean, how long is it going to be before uh, Apple bring this out? <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, if you can't afford one of their rather expensive laptops, you could mm -hmm. at least afford... Uh, a little bottle they of could scent. Do one for each of their products, couldn't they? You get an you know, odor iPad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, someone just needs to work up the smell of a Ferrari and the smell of diamonds, <laughs> and you could be one rich smelling individual, <laughs> couldn't you? The world's oldest man was awarded a Guinness certificate. <laughs> yes, at 111, the world's oldest man has no plans to surrender his title anytime soon. I don't want to die, <laughs> said Tomoji Tanabe. And uh, while receiving the certificate from Guinness World Records at the ceremony in southern Japan, verifying him as the, old, the uh, eldest male on the, in the world, Tanabe, who lives in the southern city of Miyako Nojo, or something similar, took the title in January following the death of Emiliano Mercado del Toro of Puerto Rico, who was 115. I wonder if he went over there. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> it wouldn't take much, would it, really? No. Tanabe, born September 18, 1895, was certified by Guinness earlier this month. Uh, he thanked his children and grandchildren for caring for him over the years and described Monday's event as nothing special. <laughs> when I read this, I thought the certificate was for pints of Guinness. That's what I thought it was. Someone who had drunk 111 pints of Guinness. Well, no, I thought it was a, a ticket so he could go and get free Guinness. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it's not. Oh. It's just a certificate just from a, the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, what, mm. what good's that going to be? He's a former city land surveyor, and he drinks milk, keeps a daily diary, avoiding avoids alcohol, and doesn't smoke. <laughs> what kind of a role <laughs> model is that? Coincidentally, the world's oldest person, a woman, is also Japanese. Yong Mingawa, 114, was born in Japan in 1893. 
Uh, the number of Japanese people living beyond 100 has almost quadrupled in the last 10 years, with the once exclusive Centenarian Club expected to exceed 28,000 this year. <laughs> That's got to be the world's bo- most boring meeting ever, hasn't it? <laughs> Shh. There's just, just the sound of Japanese people snoring. That's right. It's not going to be long before uh, the Japanese retirement age is pushed up to about 100, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> two Welsh men charged over penguin theft uh, in Australia. Yes, the, these two uh, fools, British people. <laughs> well, Welsh. I like the fact that we really feel the need to distinguish between, <laughs> yes. say, Welsh and Scottish people if somebody's done something wrong. <laughs> particularly it's not stupid. a British person anymore, is it? If they've done something wrong, oh, Welsh. <laughs> yes. They stole a uh, fairy penguin called Dirk. <laughs> The pair aged 20 and 21 allegedly <laughs> stole a penguin, entered SeaWorld oh. on Queensland's Gold Coast and removed the flightless bird, which had reportedly never lived in the wild. Oh, oh no. Uh, I, I went to uh, Edinburgh Zoo when, when we visited planet Earth recently, mm-hmm. and I saw some penguins. They don't move around much. They're no, very still. They are fairly still. You could still. quite easily just pick, <laughs> just pick one, one up. One up yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't, but I did think about it. Because they just... I was wondering what that muffled squawking was. Yeah. She's they're very still. <laughs> uh, I don't suppose... The, well, I suppose they're trying to, you know, keep from expending energy, That's aren't right. they, on the Arctic yeah. uh, wastes mm-hmm. or whatnot. Anyway, the two British men, along with a teenager... Ah, oh, teenager, probably him, wasn't he? <laughs> he probably put them up to it. ...were charged with trespass, stealing and keeping a protected animal. The, the BBC quoted one of the Welshmen, Rhys Jones, as saying... Uh, ...still a bit fuzzy about the whole thing, but on behalf of the three of us, we're very sorry. It was just a bit of a prank, you know, it went way too far. He added, we're all three of us so sorry to see Wolf for the time lost to them, uh, searching for Dirk. And McGrath is all right. I lost the accent there, it fell away. I was going to say, that was a rare sighting of uh, one of your lesser, lesser heard accents, the Welsh accent. Well, they're very well behaved, the Welsh, aren't they, generally, <laughs> as we all know. Dirk, age seven, was eventually found in water near a park, according to reports, and was reunited with his girlfriend, Peaches. <laughs> These don't sound like penguin names <laughs> to me, really, do they? No. No. Mm. Anyway, it's all fun and games until someone gets their eye pecked out by an irate <laughs> penguin. Which didn't happen. No. You've been used! Disodium diphosphate. Hmm. Thank you, Mr. Zaconian, for a beautifully chemical selection of stories this week. Thank you, sir. There'll be more later on in the show.
was of course the crunchy sound of the zx spectrum orchestra <laughs> yeah made using the actual musical well what is it it's not even it's sort of a buzzer wasn't it really? yes in the in the, in the spectrum that's itself. right yes very primitive uh, sound generation capabilities um that uh, the band is made up of clive one and clive two uh, who actually turn out to be brian duffy and mike johnston of the modified toy orchestra and you know, different uh, different guys I think to date the ZX Spectrum Orchestra have only released that one album, which is called Basic Programming, and it comes in a beautiful little uh, plastic kind of game cartridge with some fake or imitation thermal paper inside it, or <laughs> just for oh yeah, just for they, nerds. They had that. They had that. I actually had one of those printers, the ZX Spectrum printer, which was a so it would print on something about the size of a toilet roll, <laughs> yes. but it was just like silver, silvery paper, and yeah. it would print a kind of. It would sort of burn. In fact, it burnt onto the That's paper. Right, and it yeah. sent a little electric shock through yeah. th- through the paper, so it would scorch <laughs> whatever it was you were That's printing. Right. Whatever happened to that? Why didn't that take it off? Just burst into flames. <laughs> that was, of course, to celebrate the thirtieth uh, anniversary of the uh, release of the ZX Spectrum. Thirty years young. Thirty years young. The ZX Spectrum is currently in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, just is. about to be just about to be thrown out by, yes. by, by a rather burly man for some for some, <laughs> for some bad behaviour there. There's a rather there's a slightly perhaps telling interview on uh, the BBC News website with uh, the designer of the Sodex Spectrum and some of the original team. And at the bottom, there's nothing. No, not a word is heard from Sir Clive Sinclair. And at the bottom, it's just a little bit of an italics. <laughs> Sir Clive Sinclair declined to take part in his interview. <laughs> that was a bit unfortunate. He's got right? better things he's to do. <laughs> he's working on a flying saucer. He has, that's right. Come yeah. on, Clive. We know you can do <laughs> We're it. waiting for it. Or at least the flying... I love the Spectrum flying saucer. <laughs> or the ZX saucer. <laughs> Would you get in one, though? Um, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> not without a protective, protective suit or something. I think something. I'd like to see someone else try it first. You'd want one of those sort of... <laughs> A Grand Prix driver, <laughs> f- flame retardant suits with yeah. you at the very least. Yes. Probably a, a parachute. A parachute as well. Because you know it would work and it would be amazing. <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would just smash into the ground. And be like, yeah. those were the best 32 and a half <laughs> seconds of my life. And the last 32 and a half seconds. Unfortunately, the last. Yes. Rest in peace. Never mind. <laughs> For this next track, we're going to break away briefly from the double-headed theme of the ZX Spectrum and the the demise of CFAX to play a rather exciting news, the first uh, new album from uh, the great Bertrand Bergelat in four years. Uh, Bertrand Bergelat, of course, is the head of Tricotel Records in La France, and he's released some of his uh, own records on that same label over the years. This new one has just come out called Toute Direction. Uh, You can get it in uh, a variety of media, download uh, CD, I think possibly in vinyl. And uh, we should be featuring this album over the next few weeks because there's some rather lovely tracks on here. We're going to kick off our little uh, review of this album by playing a track called Double Pen. Ça 
gardien jaloux de ta mélancolie, de ta mélancolie, ma seule mélodie, de ta mélancolie, mon unique paradis. the sublime sound of the European Soundstage Orchestra there with a tune called Walk and Talk, another piece of music that you may well have heard while uh, the pages from CFAX were playing uh, late, at, uh, late at night on BBC One. That, that's, that uh, thing I like about that is it takes what you were saying earlier, this is kind of about the limited level of interactivity. Uh, the, with the pages from CFAX feature on BBC was brilliant because you didn't have any control. <laughs> That's all. No. You just had to sit and watch CFAX scrolling around. It was just administered to you, and you would take it, possibly falling asleep, possibly getting more and more boozed up, waiting, waiting for the football results, whatever it was. If they had any sense, they'd maybe put that out on DVD or something. Now, especially now it's gone, just so that people can, you know, for old times' sake. I'm sure BBC World, whatever it is, will will do that definitely yeah. on Blu-ray, hopefully. 
I remember seeing a TV program about people. This is kind of not not CFAX, but it was uh, test cards oh, yeah. where people would video test, <laughs> the test cards and watch them. <laughs> well, that's a particularly good one. And it was just endless videos of, of that, you know, the, the famous one with a the girl. girl the clown. But yeah. different, different music. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sydney Dale or uh, the European Soundstage Orchestra yes. went, went. Well, quite possibly, that. yes. I think they were used for that as well. I love the idea of, I love the idea of the BBC were just like, uh, we'll just broadcast this. <laughs> Nobody's going to be watching, and somebody's like, somebody oh, was, that's quite extraordinary. Somebody was not only watching but recording it, probably on Betamax. <laughs> of course, yeah, the superior format. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's a superior acoustically. It's a superior <laughs> format as well. <laughs> I say bring back uh, the test card and, and page from CFAX. We don't, do. we don't need rolling TV 24 hours a day, do we? No, it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's depressing, frankly. <laughs> it's like hand-to-hand, what is it, kittens versus... <laughs> Kung Fu kittens versus uh, fat dogs? I don't Something know. Something like that. And was it a potter's wheel was involved as well? Someone, wasn't it? Oh, that was a classic. They should, maybe they should put kittens fighting puppies on a, kitten, on a, on, on a potter's wheel. Just yeah. <laughs> fat. It's me, or the, it's me or the fat kitten. <laughs> <laughs> fight fighting judit ju- what is it jujitsu kittens versus what was that krogma krogma something what there's the there's the israeli one krog i've never heard of that one. never heard of it that's no. what's in the born identity oh is it that's what he's doing krog i think it's called krogma <laughs> krog monsieur krog monsieur that's a great he's yeah. hand-to-hand combat and a delicious sandwich <laughs> I, we should probably move on <laughs> we should move move on yes uh, now, dear listener, if you're hard of hearing, I would recommend dialing up page 888 for some unnecessary news. Hopefully, now accepted by the AP Stylebook, that's Associated Press. Hopefully, this bit of news won't upset you language purists too much. Well, that's why I've included it. <laughs> the Associated Press Stylebook has just affirmed that they have approved the use of hopefully via Gasp Twitter. This is what they say. We now support the modern usage of hopefully. The tweet said, it is hoped, we hope. <laughs> Previously, the only accepted meaning was in a hopeful manner, as in surely you are joking, the, the grammarian said hopefully. <laughs> But uh, this is no this is no joking matter. This is what they said. We batted this around as we do a lot of things, and it just seemed like the logical thing to change, says David Minithorne, the deputy standards editor. We're realists over at the AP. You just can't fight it. <laughs> or maybe we should just give up all the rules of grammar, and yes. syntax, and just throw them all into the say so, yes. blending pot of the Cuisinart of the internet. <laughs> Have at it. Does this mean we're going to see uh, the uh, the increased use of basically as well? Oh, don't even get, don't even get me started. Just fume, listeners, over that if you would. A Canadian artist has created a range of shoes which leave bizarre footprints, which look like predatory creatures. Genius. So they look like they have a sort of another soul attached to them that looks That's like great. a big foot or like uh, something like that. <laughs> Mascul Lazare says uh, he came up with the project because having moved to the city from the Canadian woods and wilderness and countryside, he found the fact that there were only human shoe prints in puddles and snow a bit lonely. (laughs) So for the past two years, he's been making moulds of animal footprints, casting them in uh, rubber and attaching them to the soles of shoes, which he wears. (laughs) 
<laughs> then he leaves prints in the snow in the hope that they will be seen by other people who will think they have been left by real animals or politicians. <laughs> oh. A cloven hoof! It's either a goat or a local MP. <laughs> I, I, I like the sound That's of that. That's a good idea, that. I, I wish like I'd it. have thought of that when yeah. we had all that... Uh, sort of, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, mind you, on the moon, we could leave all kinds well, yeah, of footprints, we could, couldn't we? Loads of dust out here. It take, takes a print very well, the moon dust, it actually. It does, doesn't it? It does. It's very fine. And um, it's not going to blow away, either. <laughs> no, it's not, no. How great would it be if we could just totter around... The, the moon landing mm -hmm. just leave a load of hoof prints <laughs> just for when they come back to I'd, pick up their flag I'd like to get a pair of um, walking poles and get a pair of soles put on those too so you could do four-legged animals then mm. as you walked along that'd be good wouldn't it yeah <laughs> tsunami debris found on remote Alaskan island <laughs> to be returned to owners the, uh, the first two traceable pieces of debris arrived on US shores following the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami are a soccer ball and a volleyball belonging to two teenagers from the Vietnamese city of... Oh, Here we go. I've done it again. Why do I keep picking up these stories <laughs> of Japanese cities? Go for it. Riku Zentika or something. And the village of Tanohata. That was an easy one. <laughs> well done. Respectively. Sorry. Sorry, Japanese people. <laughs> Radar technician David Baxter found the two balls while, while combing the beaches of Middleton Island in the Gulf of Alaska. It doesn't say what he was combing the beaches for. Mm. And why do people beach comb? Are they actually combing it? Do they have a comb? Is I there, like to a, think is there with, a beach comb? With, with a giant comb, yeah. Are they just walking on the beach or are they doing something? <laughs> like a giant like man man comb. Yes. But one that's about sort of two mm. metres across. Right. They're just actually raking, <laughs> raking it, raking. <laughs> he and his wife, Yumi, managed to get... That's a good name. Y-U-M-I. <laughs> managed to get in touch with his soccer ball's owner... 16-year-old Misaki Murakami with the help of a Japanese reporter. How? It's just a ball. I mean, yes. how could you tell? I mean, that maybe said something on in Japanese, but unless he wrote his name on it, an address, Murakami, who lost all his worldly possession in the tsunami, said he was able to save himself and his dog by reaching higher, higher ground before the waves hit. He told uh, Koyondo News that the ball, which was a treasured going-away gift from his teacher and classmates, was the first and only lost item to be recovered so far. It was a big... This is supposed to be good news, isn't it? It was a big surprise, he says. I've never imagined that my ball would reach Alaska. Uh, I've lost everything in the tsunami, so I'm delighted. I really want to say thank you for finding the ball. Any chance my home or the rest of my life has washed up there? No? Okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> too too soon? <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? It's absolutely awful. Look at hey, we found some of your stuff. What is it? You know, price? It's a ball. Oh, great. So you could ship it from Alaska back to back to Japan. It's probably going to cost. You could just buy one. Just buy a new just get one. A new ball. Yeah. Still not got the other stuff back. Anyway, you've been used. Diglycerides. Mm, thank you, Mr. Zirconium, for that uh, even more organically chemical <laughs> selection of unnecessary news. You're quite welcome. There'll be more unnecessary news on next week's show. Freunde, wir haben alles verkauft. Die letzten Teppiche, die schönsten Frauen. Das beste Öl. 
Und nun verkaufen wir Musik. Sextet with his version of Caravan from Gein mit de Conjuncteur. Something, <laughs> something similar. That was mad. It was mental, wasn't it? Yes. I didn't know where I was. No. I thought it was in the Middle East, and then it turns out I'm in... I thought it was in Germany, yes. and then it turns out I'm in Switzerland. In Switzerland, yes. Well, I, I'm afraid... I have to admit that uh, Hazy or Hazy Ostervalt was, uh, was, new, was new to me until I heard that wonderful version of a uh, show favourite, Caravan. Um, turns out he was a Swiss band leader. He was quite big in Europe in the 1950s and then uh, had a bit of... He was quite popular in the US as well in the 60s. He went over to the US in early ni- in, ni- in the 1960s and we took off there too. But as I say, I'm, uh, <laughs> that's new to me. But on the strength of that track, I'd like to, I think I'd like to hear more. Yeah, we uh, need to hear more of Hazy. <laughs> well, more, more from uh, Herr Osterwald. He's definitely got something to say. <laughs> he has. Uh, that's a collection. That's a uh, collection that's just come out this year, so you can uh, certainly get that in download form and, and quite possibly in other media too. 
You're listening to the Project Moonbase podcast, a weekly show which you can download from projectmoonbase.com most Sunday evenings. Uh, but if you go to the, go to our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase, we'll tell you when the next show's out and get it straight away. Uh, this week we are marking the end of uh, CFAX and also the 30th anniversary of the ZX Spectrum. And uh, with that in mind, we're going to play a track. We mentioned earlier the very limited capabilities of the ZX Spectrum. The reason why we don't play much ZX Spectrum chiptune music on the show is... There isn't any. There, <laughs> there isn't really very much there, because certainly when the very first Spectrum came out, you could barely make any sound with it whatsoever. It just made a sort of buzz. <laughs> made a buzz. This this next track I, is absolutely delightful. It's made, I think it's made with an emulator of the very first Spectrum and essentially is is possibly the most uh, buzzy, <laughs> lo-fi uh, bit of chiptune we've played. But it's it's rather nice. It's almost quite, it's quite jazzy. It's quite proggy in places too. It's quite amazing what you can achieve with essentially one bit <laughs> at your disposal. Uh, this is uh, freely downloadable from uh, SoundCloud. Uh, there'll be a link on the Project Moonbase website uh, if you care to peruse that. ProjectMoonbase.com. This is uh, an, an artist called Mind Body Alpha with a one bit special called Cruising with the Bit. Alpha with cruising with the bit. They're sort of lo-fi jazz made by an irate blue bottle damn telephone line from Tehran. <laughs> it had that level of fidelity to it, didn't it? It did. It's obviously kind of both sumptuous and scratchy and lo-fi. Yes. It makes you wonder why they didn't use proper instruments, though. Because <laughs> clearly they, they've got some, they've got some talent, haven't they? They have. 
And they've they've well, chosen what, to use possibly the worst. That was possibly a good example of one of the moon 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 based manifesto <laughs> pledges, if you like, because we we love it when extremely talented musicians. <laughs> take it upon themselves to deploy their talents using the most rudimentary of equipment. It's a Heath Robinson <laughs> approach to music. It's either obsolete technology or, or what does it what is it Americans Americans don't have Heath Robinson do they? they have Rube Goldberg. Oh yes. Similar. Mm-hmm. Similar. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah. A magnificent well done. opus there. <laughs> yes. And as we mentioned before, if you go to projectwingbest.com, you'll see a list of all the tracks on this week's show and that one is one example of one you can get for free. So just click the button next to it and it'll be yours. And then make a donation to Project Moonbase. Please do. Please do. Welcome to the Project Moonbase Multimedia Mashup. (laughs) It's so futuristic. It is. This is the part of the show where we reach out to that modern phenomenon called social media and check interactions. The various descriptions. We like to to encourage and then reward and thank our listeners for... uh, And then bathe. and, (laughs) And then bathe. We're spreading the word, getting in touch, getting in touch with us, making suggestions, that kind of stuff. Um, looking at Twitter, first of all, we had a message. We actually met. We should mention Rocket Rolly, really, shouldn't we? Yes, we so were live. We were live on stage in Edinburgh, Sunday the 15th of April. Really good to get that ball and chain off. <laughs> and not being metaphorical, I literally, literally. actually have a ball and chain. <laughs> it's got silences Help on me, it. me, I'm a prisoner. <laughs> Anyway, what were we saying? Yes, yes, we were live on stage, and uh, we we met one or two of our actual fo- real followers in real life. We met uh, Gareth D. Edwards, long-time listener of the show, and uh, Space Disco Jeff, our London disco correspondent, was there. Uh, Squig was there. Emma Emma Bowen was there. Another one of our regular listeners. It was lovely to meet you all. And uh, we got a tweet from Gareth D. Edwards after that uh, that encounter. Well, before he said if- he predicted. Uh- Inebriation. inebriation. We, we asked people beforehand to uh, make predictions for the future, and uh, Gareth Edwards' prediction was, ine- was inebriation. And it looks like it came true because he tweeted us shortly after meeting us saying, Next time I may be sober. Don't sober up an Arbe. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> we certainly didn't notice uh, advanced stage of inebriation. We got a thank you from an Amanda Tyndall of the Edinburgh Science Festival, thanking us for rounding off the Science Festival so cosmically. True. Sure, so true. <laughs> I think we thank you. Yes, thank you for inviting us to play. We hopefully will return in next year. Um, Anybody that gives me a free drink, I'm basically theirs. <laughs> we had a we had a tweet from Stephen Griffiths saying enjoying the radioactive show, and it was a very highly radioactive show that one. Thank you for that. That's right. That's part of our uh, vast back catalogue of what, what is it, seventy <laughs> five? Yes, seventy six, some, something shows. like that. Yes. There's a huge archive for you to listen back to. Yes, you just go to projectmemiss.com and you can comb through our extensive archive mm. and educate yourself on a magical world of music. Mm. The other way, of course, to do that is to go to iTunes. Oh, yeah, you can now right. search for us in iTunes. It's quite exciting. And you can rate and review the show, which we would <laughs> very much appreciate if you don't mind. Thank you very much, please. Please do, yes. Five, five stars if you don't mind. <laughs> Thank you. That's a suggested rating. Suggested rating. <laughs> Four if you must. Um, Loz K seems to have got in ahead of the actual show <laughs> about the ZX Spectrum. He de- he decided to belatedly celebrate the uh, ZX Spectrum's uh, 30th anniversary by uh, listening to listening to the Argentinian chip tune we had the other week there from Super Guachin. If you remember that, I do. Rather lovely piece of music. Thank you for thank you for that. You can you can re-celebrate 
we got a message on, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Project Moonbase, from Phil Grove, who said he was listening to our show about uh, whistling and yodeling, you may recall. I do, it's a good show, that. Um, whistle, whistle while you yodel. Whistle while you yodel, that was the name of the show. And yodeling, yodeling, yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> one of the artists, one of the extraordinary artists, a new discovery to us on that show was Ronnie Rinaldi, known as the yodeling whistler. And I think at the time we were, we were slightly uncertain as to why he was given both epithets of yodeling and whistling well, Phil Grove has, has uh, filled us in with that detail. Uh, this He got that name because that was the name of his signature tune, which uh, Phil describes as a tour de force of yodeling, whistling and barnyard impressions. <laughs> <laughs> and he urges us to play. <laughs> he urges us to play it on the show. Well, we are, we are eventually going to do with Whistle While You Yodel Volume 2. So we should maybe, well, maybe play that. We should really play that, since that was where he got his name from. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> Several weeks ago, we got a message from Wayne. This is after um, uh, Project Moonbase page changed to this dreaded timeline layout, which Facebook has decided to impose on everybody. We got a message from one of our fans, from Wayne Zinkand, saying, Christ, I thought I'd lost track of you too. So glad I took a course in figuring out Facebook. <laughs> so welcome back, Wayne Zinkand. Lovely to hear from you again. Yes, welcome. <laughs> we haven't changed Project Moonbase that much. Well, we did change it recently, but it's all right. Yes, probably yes. easier we're, to we're, use. We're still here. We'd like to thank everybody that turned up to uh, Rocket Lolly, which we did with Space Dog. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for letting us in. We basically rode in there on their back, didn't we? <laughs> we did sort really. Jumped yeah. in and, and their back, back and <laughs> coattails. Did some stuff. So that was that was amazing. I've never seen a smoking robot before. <laughs> no. Nor nor had I seen a, what's his name James, James Burke, Burke and, mm. a, and a giant rubbing his tummy while while being assaulted <laughs> by a giant fr- uh, French vessel. <laughs> Yes. Which was very, very exciting. It was a very educational evening, actually. And so, uh, yes, thanks for everybody that came out to that. And uh, thanks for everybody that listens to the show. And just uh, remember, tell your friends. Mm. It will heal them and make them young again. And your mortal enemies. Mm. It might bring them round to become your friends. Yeah. That was the Project Moonbase Multimedia Mashup. Return to your seats. Um, now, we've got time for a couple more tracks, both of which... <laughs> We are, but I did mention at the start of the show we are borrowing very heavily from a particular album. It's a double album, in my defence. Mm-hmm. But it's crammed packed full of these great interlude interval uh, tracks. But this next one was chosen because it, uh, it it rather shares a certain element of the sound world of that last track because this is a rare example of the kazoo in uh, library music, popular music. Yeah, because it's not the most restful instrument, is <laughs> not it? Not normally, no, but it's rather... It has a rather sumptuous backing in this next track. Is it like a bass kazoo, do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think so. They're quite, buzz- they're quite buzzy, the ones in this track. This is uh, a, a gentleman whose name I don't know. It's possibly a fake German. Most of these vaguely Latin-sounding people are. John Cacavas and his orchestra with a track called Zip Along.
And that was John Kakavas and his orchestra zip along. Mm. That's Katu. G- Katu. That'd be <laughs> great. I'd lo- well, what is there? Is there a Katu? Katu? Katu. What was that thing that Guin- used to advertise Guinness? Toucan. That was a toucan. <laughs> If we had a toucan and a cockatoo <laughs> and a kazoo, <laughs> could be onto something there. Dream ensemble. <laughs> I have to say, I was sceptical about the kazoo there, but it works. It does. Makes you wonder why there isn't more like that out there. And that's it? from the album Groovy Kazoo. <laughs> but it, no, it isn't. But it should be. It should be. Yeah, it's a beautiful little number that was. Yes, another track from Girl in the Suitcase Upgraded, which we are featuring very heavily on this week's show, because it really is, is packed full of these great uh, interval, intermission, and TV soundtracks uh, that you've that you will evoke m- many wonderful memories when you hear them. If um, you were bedridden as a child, <laughs> yes, you might have a synesthetic uh, sensation of chicken soup while listening to this <laughs> this show, or Finder's pancakes, <laughs> Finder's crispy pancakes, or spankles. <laughs> All spanking, spanking. <laughs> no, spangles, <laughs> spangles, spangles. Yes. On that controversial note, dear listener, I. <laughs> Ow! Oh, sorry. Stop it. <laughs> save that. <laughs> You've been a bad, bad, bad bongo boy. Oh, I'll save that kind of behaviour after the show, if you don't mind. I have been DJ Bongo Boy. I've enjoyed shouting at the TV waiting for the next page to load on this week's show. I have been MC Zaconium, and I hope you've enjoyed waiting for your ball to cross the Atlantic. (laughs) (laughs) Till next week, dear listener. Peak Poke out.
next time on Project Moonbase. Trousers.